it. Riding the waves until the sun goes down. Learn it all here, all the boats and gear. And Tipsy shares to stay safe out there. It's time for Captain Bob. It's Bob's There we go. It's time for the radio show about recreational boating. From the bow to the stern, from port to starboard, and from the bridge to the bilge, it's Bob's No Wake Zone radio show. So let's go down on the docks and see what's happening this week. And a good Saturday morning to you. Thank you for joining us here on 95.3 KDKD FM, Clinton. And wherever you might be listening on the live stream, we talk about recreational boating here and... Uh, For the state of Missouri, boating is a big, big impact. $4.5 billion into our economy. About 16, almost 17,000 jobs in the state. 673 businesses supported by the marine recreational boating industry. And believe this, 289,416 boats registered in the state of Missouri. It's big business for all of us, and that's why we talk so much about it here on the program each week. This morning, we're going to uh, do a little round the waterfront news. Uh, yours truly and the May family were doing a, a tourist thing last weekend. We had the family in from Colorado Springs and uh, some additional folks that came along for the ride, and uh, we made a trip to Haha Tonka State Park and to Bridal Cave, and we made the uh, trip on the Calypso pirate ship, which is a blast. So we're going to talk about that. We've got some other around the waterfront news to cover with you this morning as well. We then will be uh, talking with Lee Gatz. Lee is the director of government affairs for the Water Sports Industry Association. And if you like wakeboarding and wake surfing uh, or skiing, I guess you could say, we want you to stay tuned for what Lee has to talk about There's some new laws that just went into effect. We're signed by Governor Lee out in Tennessee, and this kind of thing is happening all over the country. So we're going to get the take on that from Lee Gatz when we return here on the second portion of this morning's program. Are you looking for a way to make a difference where you live? Volunteer work has long been a great way to do that. Since 1939, the U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary, the boating safety branch of the Coast Guard, has been looking for dedicated volunteers. And the need for new volunteers is great right now. Please consider becoming a Coast Guard Auxiliarist. We'll guide you toward success. We'll train you in your own hometown. We'll make a leader out of you. There are dozens of missions in which you can volunteer your time and talent to help the Coast Guard and your community by keeping people safe on the water. They include on-the-water safety patrols, on-the-water environmental protection patrols, and in-the-classroom safety lessons. You can even qualify to pitch in at Coast Guard stations and on-board Coast Guard cutters by becoming a communications watchstander or culinary assistant. Go to join.cgaux.org to learn more. Hi, this is Lindsay from Bridal Cave and Thunder Mountain Park. I would like to personally invite you to come explore the lake's premier family attraction, legendary for its world-famous natural beauty. Bridal Cave is family fun as it should be. Get back to nature with the tour of the caverns. Pan for gemstones, feed the giant fish, take a hike on the nature trail, or pick out your favorite treasure from the rock shop. Bridal Cave is truly the underground adventure you'll never forget. Bridal Cave where memories are made daily. Well, this past weekend, I had uh, my son Eric and his wife Mindy and uh, 
her daughter and granddaughter now came out from Colorado and joined us here for the weekend. We went to Bridal Cave on Friday along with a, a hike around Haha Tonka. So we were doing the tourist thing, I guess you could say, but we had a great time. And boy, if you have not been into Bridal Cave, I urge you, take your family, go to Bridal Cave, take one of the tours. It is really a phenomenal place. You won't see anything like it anywhere else in the world. And uh, they're so friendly. They're so uh, well uh, populated with information having to do with how they discovered all of this and some of the recent exp- uh, you know, ex- discoveries and expansions they've made. I can't say enough about it. Uh, check them out. They're on Highway 5 there, uh, north of the uh, Camdenton uh, Main Street, main uh, uh, intersection there. You just follow the signs. You'll find them or you go to bridalcave.com for some more information. You don't have to make reservations. They've got several tours. They leave, uh, you know, every 30 minutes or so, and it's uh, really quite an experience. Then on Saturday, I also say after say we went up to uh, Jolly Rogers, had the big old buffet breakfast up there, and then we got on the... Uh, uh, Calypso pirate ship with Captain Scallywag, and uh, uh, let's see. We, oh, well, he had a great time there too. In fact, uh, the youngsters uh, really had a great time. All the adults uh, thought it was pretty amazing. And if that's another one of those things, if you haven't done it yet, uh, you do need to do it. Uh, two of the top two. Well, they are probably the top two attractions right here at Lake of the Ozarks, besides Lake of the Ozarks itself. Uh, individual attractions, uh, they've got it made. So uh, go take that uh, Calypso cruise. I will advise you, uh, get on the website, jollycharters.com, to make your reservations because these cruises do sell out. And the uh, pirate ship Calypso is a U.S. Coast Guard licensed uh, inspected vessel. And so they've got a limit on passengers. So once they get to that limit, they can't put any more on there. So please get on the website, jollycharters.com, and uh, get yourself signed up for a trip. They leave on Saturdays and Sundays at 9 and 11. And they also do private uh, cruises and those kind of things, weddings and that. So, uh, you know, retirement parties. So get in touch with them, jollycharters.com. Earlier, we were talking about the uh, use of the uh, engine cutoff device. Here's a story out of Massachusetts. Two people are safe after they were thrown out of their boat into the ocean off Marshfield, Massachusetts, leaving the boat spinning in the water until crews were able to shut it down. That's called the circle of death. Marshfield Harbormaster Michael Domenio said the two people, both in their 20s, somehow fell off the boat. Two fishermen were able to rescue those two as the boat spun out of control. A video taken by him shows the boat circling in the water at a high rate of speed. Then a sea tow captain showed up, threw a line at the motor, was able to slow it down enough where he could reach inside the boat and uh, pull the kill switch so it would kill the kill switch and that uh, killed the motor, of course, and then the boat stopped. Federal law now that went into effect two years ago, states the operators on smaller boats, like the 24-foot vessel involved in this accident, need to have tethers on them and have them attached to the boat's kill switch. These two individuals not only did not have the kill switch on, they did not have life jackets on, and the kill switch was not tethered. So they are extremely lucky, and Mr. Domenio says the uh, it was a good ending here in Marshfield today, but it could have been much, much worse. He said that uh, what exactly caused the two people to fall in the water is still under investigation, and investigators are, uh, they've ruled out alcohol-related causes as well as the boat hitting a rock. We had a great weekend last weekend in the Haha Tonka State Park uh, Marina area over there in the uh, cove with Wake for Warriors. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel David Deep had his Wake for Warriors event along with the uh, teaming up with Marine Max here at the lake. Had a great turnout, had uh, uh, great veterans having a great time out there uh, doing wakeboarding and that. And, of course, the uh, wakeboard open was also held there on Saturday. 
I will say, I talked to, uh, well, I got an email from Teresa Riley over at Marie Max. They raised $25,000. Thank you all very much for your donations to Wake for Warriors. It's a nonprofit organization. They do about 35 of these around the country, and we're thrilled to have them here again this year at Lake of the Ozarks. I want to mention that uh, we talk a lot about boating safety and boating education here on the program. I want to mention that there are uh, two classes coming up very quickly here. Uh, and if you're under, well, let me say this. If you were born after January 1st, 1984, you're required by state law to, uh, if you want to operate a vessel on the lakes in the state of Missouri, you have to possess the Boating Safety Identification Card, which is issued by the Water Patrol Division of the Missouri State Highway Patrol after you go to the class and pass the test. So when are the one of the classes? Well, there's two of them coming up. Both of them that we have right now scheduled are at the Harry S. Truman Visitor Center up in the Casinger Bluff, which is the overhang looking out uh, down on uh, Truman Dam in Warsaw. August the 10th is the first one. And then the second one is September the 17th. Now, chances are good they'll include some additional uh, programs and classes as we go forward, but these two are now scheduled. You need to go on to the website, which is the Water Patrol website, in order to register for the classes. You have to fill out the uh, information uh, that's requested and then click register to to register. And that way, if they don't get the uh, maximum size for classes, they will call the class off and they will notify you by email so that you don't uh, show up expecting to take the class. So once again, August the 10th and September the 17th at the Harry S. Truman Visitor Center in Warsaw, the uh, next two classes presented by the Water Patrol here in the state of Missouri. Here's a note from the uh, folks over at LOA, the Lake of the Ozarks Watershed Alliance. Uh, Donna Swall says volunteer boat captains are needed to assist with keeping spectators away from the racetrack during the shootout this year. A license is not required, but responsible practice is a must. So that doesn't mean that what that means is you don't have to be a licensed captain. You just need to be in charge of your boat if you want to be a patrol boat. And uh, this keeps you uh, keeps the, the regular the boaters that are going to come up there and watch this thing keeps them in a great distance so they are safe. Lake of the Ozarks Watershed Alliance. You can uh, go to their website, lowatershed.org, or you can go to, uh, let's see, Phone number 573-434-4400, and they're going to be providing uh, dock space, I understand, for the uh, those of you that are going to bring your boats over there. Uh, you can sign up for Saturday, Sunday, or both. The dates are Saturday, August 27th, and Sunday, August the 28th. Once again, the website for more information and to get contact is lowatershed.org. And I mentioned the uh, $25,000 uh, nice donation that Marine Max made uh, from all of the uh, boaters that contributed, took a chance on some uh, raffle drawings. Here are some winners. The $2,500 Marine Max gift certificate goes to Patrick Seistman. Uh The $1,000 Marine Max gift certificate to James Robinson. And the $1,000 Marine Max fuel winner was Amy Haas, H-A-A-S. So thank you guys very much for entering, and thanks for the great donations that people made uh, in whole just to make sure we could uh, take care of this uh, Wake for Warriors event that was held uh, this last weekend at Hahatanka State Park. We'll be right back. We're going to be uh, chatting with Lee Gatz again. We're going to be talking about wakeboarding, wake surfing, and uh, skiing, and some new laws that you'll need to be aware about. And we'll have that for you next as we continue right here on 95.3 KDKD. It's Bob's Zone Wake Zone Boating Radio Show. Making radio waves. 
Hi, this is Steve Stevens inviting you to join me weekday mornings in the sticks right here on 95.3 KDKD. And now let's get back to Bob's No Wake Zone Boating Radio Show. It's Bob's No Wake Zone Boating Radio Show. Making radio waves. Lee Gatz is the Director of Government Affairs for the Water Sports Industry Association. And he lives in Tennessee. We're going to be talking about some new laws that were just signed into effect in Tennessee in regards to wakeboarding, wake surfing, and skiing. And we'll have Lee on the uh, Boat U.S. guest line here in just a moment. But I did want to bring you this uh, announcement. We just got this uh, this past week. Trooper Tyler O'Brien of the Missouri State Highway Patrol has been named the Southern Region Educator of the Year for 2022. Trooper O'Brien is a Marine Enforcement Trooper in Central Missouri. Trooper O'Brien has become a standout in water safety and education in the zone, in the troop, and in the state. Whether he's working for the enforcement during Missouri's primary boating season, teaching the boater education courses in the off-season, or teaching other law enforcement agencies, Trooper O'Brien, his focus is constantly on educating the public. During the 2021 boating season, Trooper O'Brien's efforts brought him into contact with a significant number of of boaters. Regardless of the activity, Trooper O'Brien always took time to answer questions and ensure that he educates the boating public. He hands out small educational handbooks after nearly every uh, session, and it uh, provides uh, good uh, information for somebody that might have violated one of the laws. So congratulations to uh, Marine Water Patrol Trooper uh, Tyler O'Brien. Congratulations. This is a great national award from the National Association of state boating law administrators. Boating is fun, but know the risks of carbon monoxide poisoning. Always use a marine CO detector. Don't idle in one place for too long and take extra precautions with towed sports. Learn more at safeboatingcampaign.com. Good morning and welcome back to Bob's No Wake Zone Boating Radio Show. This morning we're going to talk about wake boat responsibility, wake responsibility. And with us on our Boat U.S. guest line, we have the Director of Government Affairs for the Water Sports Industry Association. Lee Gatz is with us. Lee, good morning. It's nice to have you on the show for the first time. Hey, good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My uh, my friends tell me that I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're sure they're friends, right? Okay, good, yeah. I, I think they are. <laughs> okay, uh, well, good. We have a good time uh, doing this, and we, we really enjoy talking about all the different aspects of boating and this Water sports, the, the wakeboarding and the wake surfing and those kind of things is becoming a really, really popular sport all across the country. But there's some new laws that are taking place in certain states, and we want to uh, touch on some of this for our listeners this morning. But, Lee, first of all, tell us your background and how long you've been around with the WSIA. Yeah, well, and thanks again for uh, giving me the opportunity to come on and chat uh, with you today. Um, Again, my name is Lee Gap. I'm uh, I'm a lifelong Tennessean. Uh, I've been involved in the boating industry now for about five years. Um, I joined the Water Sports Industry Association this past January, um, and prior to that, uh, I was working with a sister association of ours called the National Marine Manufacturers Association. Mm-hmm. I believe you've had a few folks from uh, from their organization come on this show before, but. Uh, I spent uh, about four years there uh, working primarily in the southeastern United States and, uh, yeah, made the move over to the WSIA in January and now cover uh, these issues uh, all throughout the United States. 
Well, one of the big topics that people talk about, and, and you know, in, in different lakes that have private property and docks on the lake that are privately owned, there's been some discussions about, you know, is it 100 feet or is it 200 feet? Tennessee has now passed some new laws. So kind of tell us about how that got started and, and what the new laws are there. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, Tennessee is uh, Tennessee's my home state, uh, lifelong Tennessee. I'm born and raised there right on Del Hollow Lake for your listeners that's familiar with the area. Sure. I'm biased. I think it's the best lake in the world. Uh, but uh, we got word at the beginning of the legislative session uh, this year that there was, like you said, there was some chatter about uh, – the boom, one, the boom in boating that we've had. And I think if we can find one silver lining uh, throughout this COVID pandemic that we've had, is that people wanted to get outside and recreate and enjoy the great outdoors. And that was, that, that, that happened in many different forms, whether it was hiking, biking, but most importantly for me, uh, it's boating. And we had a ton of people wanting to get out on the water, many of those people being first time boaters as well. And so we, we knew that uh, we would have this boom of activity on our waterways. Tennessee's approaching 250,000 registered boats. I think they'll probably pass that number within the next couple of years. Uh, so we have a lot of folks out there. Uh, that prompted conversations amongst legislators about, well, what should we be doing to share the waterways and make sure that every user group has fair access to the water uh, and having to uh, deal with some type of burdensome legislation that may try to restrict uh, a specific type of activity like wake surfing or wake boarding. Uh, we at the WSIA instead uh, introduced a, an alternative option to them, which we call the Boating Industries Model Legislation uh, for Wake Responsibly, uh, which is the bill that ended up passing in Tennessee. And so that, that bill uh, brings in a few elements. Uh, you you kind of hit on the, on, on the first one, and that's about distance from shoreline. Uh, so it does establish an uh, activity-based distance. Rather than trying to figure out, hey, what is, what is a wake boat these days or anything like that, because honestly, any type of boat could be a wake boat if, if you wanted it to be. So mm -hmm. we focused on wake, wake boarding. Those are the two most popular activities that we see in water sports today. And we've implemented a distance of maintaining a distance of 200 feet from shoreline uh, for those type of activities. Uh, and so if you're going down into a narrow channel, you need to have, that channel needs to be 400 feet wide at a minimum. That way you have 200 feet from each shoreline that you're away from to really ensure that everyone can continue to make those lifelong memories out on the water whether you're on a wake boat, whether you're kayaking or just swimming out in the water, everyone can have uh, fair access and enjoy themselves. Isn't it very difficult to uh, establish what 200 feet is? I mean, I know it's like, a, what, a football field and a half, something like that, across? It, it, it is, and you know, it varies on where, what part of the United States that I'm in, of how <laughs> I try to, to uh, tell them how far 200 feet is. If I'm... Uh, up north or in the Midwest, it's about the size of a hockey rink of a of a hockey rink from uh, goal to goal. Uh, <laughs> but if I'm going down south, I just tell people, "Hey, listen, if you could uh, hit a sand, take your sand wedge and hit the shoreline from where you're at, you're probably too close." So it just kind of <laughs> depends where I'm at. Sometimes of trying to tell people how close you are. Uh, a lot of times, I, I, I like to tell people, uh, you know, just envision. You know, a lot of times you'll see a 22 foot to a 26-foot boat is what we're encountering on the water. So 
you know, imagine how many how many boats can you put between where you are and the shoreline, mm-hmm. and you know, try to try to double that. So visuals are, are usually pretty good. I understand that it's it's really tough on the water to really even know if you're trying to just guess where 50 feet or 100 feet is. It, it's tough, mm-hmm. but in general, it's it's uh it's 200 feet if we can if you can find that spot it, it's it, it really is the best place for not only uh, people around you but if you're wanting to enjoy water and have the, the best surfing experience you want to be out there in that type of water anyway so this brings up the next kind of um you know point here on these new laws uh enforcement is uh, going to be uh, an interesting thing. How are they going to approach this in Tennessee? I mean, is it immediately now that these laws have taken effect, or is there a grace period where people have to get used to it, or how's this going to work? Yeah, it's a great question. So, uh, and, and you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't really matter what state you're in. Uh, we'll have enforcement issues because uh, the great work that our, our Marine Patrol divisions do uh, throughout the United States, they'll all tell you that they could they could certainly use uh, more staff, more more officers out on the water helping them patrol. So we understand that enforcement is a challenge for them as well. And it's truly giving a state like Tennessee the ability to uh, ha- have an, an ability to pull an operator over if need to. Not not if they're you know 180 or 90 or 190 feet off, but they're really looking for those people who are you know, behaving uh, inappropriately on the water or 40 feet off of the shoreline or from one of those docks that you that you referenced earlier. It's really trying to find those, you know, you know the old saying that the one could just ruin it for the many. That That's the, we're, they're trying to, we're trying to make sure that we can change behaviors on the water so people can, you know, operate their boats in an appropriate way. So uh, I think that's how they'll really approach that this coming year is, is, really just trying to make sure no one's being reckless on the water. Uh, and additionally, it, it put in a few more safety provisions as well, not just distances from shore, but uh, in Tennessee, we we needed to put in place a, uh, we, they were still allowed to, to be on the water at nighttime. So now there's a, uh, it's, it's prohibited to be able to surf mm-hmm. or take part in wakeboarding between, uh, between sunset and sunrise, which is a huge safety measure that we support uh, and also requires riders uh, to be wearing a U.S. Coast Guard certified flotation as well. Uh, that, that way we ensure that folks out on the water are being safe and responsible, which is the number one priority for any crew that's going out for the day. Lee Gatz is our guest, Director of uh, Government Affairs for the Water Sports Industry Association. And uh, Lee, uh, one step further on the Tennessee laws, and I guess, um, you know, this makes uh, everybody kind of cringe a little bit, and we're talking about the loud music. Uh, We all love our music. We all love, you know, getting out there and enjoying whatever it is we like the most. But uh, didn't the laws sort of indicate some some decibels (laughs) that people needed to be aware of? Well, not specifically in the in the law, but uh, that that what you're referring to is is what we call the the taking the pledge of wake responsibly, which oh, yeah. is uh, three major pillars. Uh, you know, maintaining a distance of 200 feet from shoreline or structures, uh, keeping your music at reasonable levels, and also minimizing your repetitive passes. Bob, if we could just uh, have our operators on the water uh, adhering to those three simple pillars. Uh, we would. I might not have a job because we would really, uh, we would really eliminate a lot of conflicts that we have out on the water today. So you're exactly right. Uh, I know that my nephews, when I'm pulling them on the boat, 
they do not like it when I am blasting my Alan Jackson really loud out on the water. But uh, <laughs> you know, so everybody has their preferences of what they like. So I, we would just ask boaters to be mindful of that and respectful of your neighbors when you're out on the water. Sure thing. My boat, my music, right? Okay, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, uh, the website is WSIA.net, and there is a, uh, a wealth of information right there for anyone who's thinking about this sport. Uh, manufacturers and dealers and pro shops are listed on there. Uh, the other thing that kind of jumped out at me when I was looking at the website is you have Wake Parks, and also there are some camps and schools uh, around the country that uh, can teach this. Uh, that, that's absolutely right. And we just passed our uh, annual Pass the Handle Day, which was on uh, July 17th, uh, which is a day that's just devoted to uh, teaching someone new uh, to get out on the water for the first time and learn uh, a new activity like wakeboarding, wake surfing, uh, or even skiing. Uh, so we, uh, we, we are, we're immensely proud of all of the schools and wake parks that we have throughout the United States that's uh, not only teaching, uh, teaching people how to get up for the first time on the water, but they're also our, our leaders in creating good habits on the water and, and uh, making sure that the norm around the U.S. is, is safe and responsible uh, behaviors as well. So really proud of those folks and all of the work that they do. Good boating education stuff. I also noticed uh, one other little uh, tab up there, and that was Parasail. Uh, and with that recent accident that happened uh, where I guess it got loose or something and it slammed the people into a, into a, a bridge, uh, I think that was in Florida maybe, I don't know. But uh, what, uh, what kinds of information is there when you uh, click on the Parasail uh, tab? Yeah, absolutely. There's ton, there's a wealth of information for folks on our website to uh, to be able to to see uh, what, where wherever that they are in the United States, if they want to interact with a, a business nearby or uh, find out resources of of uh, of where parasailing is is best. Uh, that that that's certainly a resource that anyone that's that's looking to take part in that throughout uh, their vacations or trips somewhere, they can absolutely utilize that. The uh, parasailing around the country, uh, is, your site, does it list ones that have had the training that's available or the certifications, those kind of things, or is it just kind of open? I believe most of the, the, the parasail that's listed on our website uh, would be those that are members of the Water Sports Industry Association. That's probably the most likely context that you'll find are folks who are, who are members of ours and obviously uh, sit through many uh, education and and training uh, training classes that that we offer to them throughout the year. Outstanding. Well, I appreciate you talking with us about all this stuff this morning, Lee, and and I hope our listeners uh, will jump on your website there to get some more info. Wsia.net.net. Uh, appreciate you very much. Thanks again. Oh, thank you very much again for having me. Anytime. And thank you so much for listening to us here on ninety five point three KDKD this morning. We got some new. Uh, of your best uh, country coming up for you in just a moment. But I wanted to mention that if you are a business that's interested in reaching the listeners to our program here or just uh, in general to the uh, radio station, please give them a call. You can do it on Monday morning. You can call uh, 660-885-6141 or jump on the website, mykdkd.com and and find some contact information there. Sure love to have you. We sure love to talk about you. And we thank you so much for listening this morning. Thank you, Lee. Thanks to uh, you, and have a great weekend. Let's be careful out there. It's Boston Wake Zone Boating Radio Show.
This is Peg Phillips, Executive Director of the National Safe Boating Council. Thanks for listening to Bob's No Wake Zone Boating Radio Show.